What's up, everybody? Pat Flynn here, and welcome to episode 1,210 of Ask Pat 2.0. You're about to listen to a coaching call between myself and an entrepreneur just like you, and in this case, specifically, an introverted entrepreneur, self-proclaimed introverted entrepreneur, Mark Wilson, who has a company at Sales for Introverts. In fact, yes, he does help introverts at salesforintroverts.com. I think it's an awesome niche. I mean, introverts, sales specifically are something that they struggle with. I know this personally. And to niche down to that, I mean, sales is hard. And there's a specific language that introverts use when it comes to sales and how difficult it is and a lot of the mindset struggles that we have that we have to overcome. And Mark helps people through that, which is so awesome. Again, salesforintroverts.com. And today specifically, we're speaking about how to get more course sales. And you'll see me very quickly start to cut out a lot of things that he is doing or thinking of doing in order to focus more on the things that are working. And that is a big theme here today. And we also talk about some other, in fact, genius ideas that Mark brought forward that I sort of unpack a little bit more as far as B2B might be concerned with relation to this niche. So I'm really excited for you to listen to it. Here he is, Mark Wilson. Mark, welcome to Ask Pat 2.0. Thanks so much for being here today. Thanks, Pat. Appreciate you having me. Why don't you take a minute to introduce yourself to all of us who are listening? My name is Mark Wilson, and I run salesforintroverts.com. It's a website and uh, online presence where I have my online course where I help salespeople who are introverted become more comfortable, confident salespeople who earn more money. That's so good because I'm an introvert myself and I know that sales can be very difficult at times. How do you help introverts with that? Like, what is your process? Like I mentioned, it is an online course uh, with uh, modules uh, just kind of to, to, to break down some a lot of beliefs that introverts have about sales in general. You mentioned you were an introvert, so you probably have some because you, you're used to being inside your shell, inside your own little world. And but when you're when you're in sales and in business, you kind of have to put yourself out there a little bit, especially if you want to develop a territory and develop a revenue stream and things like that. So I'm 100% introverted. You know, some people are, fall along a spectrum, which you may as well. But I'm like all the way <laughs> on the introverted side. <laughs> so. I've been doing sales for for over a decade now, so I had to figure out a way to do it. Just being involved in that process and not going home every day being miserable or wanting to quit my job, I wanted to succeed. And so that's kind of where I've been and where I came from. And uh, I decided after seeing other, I can identify other introverts from a mile away, you know, like me. And I found some success finally. So I just wanted to try to help spread the word and, and say, hey, if you're introverted, you can do it, and here's how. I think that's so important, and, and thank you for stepping up to do that. Where can people go and find your brand in case they are introverted and want more help from you? Sure, it's at salesforintroverts.com. All right, easy enough. It reminds me of a story that was one of my first sort of moments where I've had to sort of step out of my comfort zone and sell, and I didn't do very well. And this was in high school. I was looking for extra money during the summer, and there was an ad in the newspaper. And the ad was for a company called Greenpeace, which many people have probably heard of before. And the job or the role was I had to stand on street corners and get people who were just kind of walking by to pay money to support these causes that we were stepping up for. And I did that for two weeks and we had quotas and everything. And being a person who was introverted, I sold one and it was to somebody who I had already known, and and then I got fired or, or I, I got let go. Uh, that was hard. It was it was it was hard. What 
in, in, in your years of, uh, to teach people this and you yourself being an introvert before I ask you about the business and how I can help you, I'm just really curious, what would be the number one tip that you might have for somebody who's listening to this and they're like, I'm an introvert and I have a hard time putting myself out there. What's one little thing they can do to, to maybe at least make one step forward? Well, whether you're selling on a street corner, talking to a bunch of strangers, or you're in some like super complex industry where each sale is a million dollars, no matter what, whoever's on the other side of the, the phone or the email or the across the table from you in person is, is just to know that everybody, we're all just people, okay? And it's okay to be, to be nervous and whatnot at the, at the beginning, but you're just talking to another human being and they're not out to get you, and they might actually be interested in what you have to say. That's my number one tip, is to not stress out too much. You're just talking to another human being. And then, of course, there's all kinds of different stuff behind that, but that's where you start. Love it. Thank you, Mark. Okay, so what's going on in the business? Where are you at, and how can I best serve you? So I'm just starting out, essentially. The course is available for purchase now. I have a platform that I'm working on developing. In a nutshell, here's where I'm at. I've got this great story, my origin story of where I come from, growing up as an introvert, I like to share that as a kid, I was too afraid to ask for a refill from a waiter at a restaurant. I kind of had to nudge my sister and make her go uh, get it for me. It was it was that bad. Uh, relatable? Yeah. <laughs> but I've since gone to, like I manage a multi-million dollar sales territory now. I've managed to 20x what I did previously in my sales job, my day-to-day -day sales job now. I've got that, and I've got that story. So I started sharing that, and I bundled it all up into a course. And all my pre-market research was really receptive to my idea. Now I'm out there in the big, bad world, the internet. I'm not a public figure. I don't have a huge platform. I don't have much traction or any kind of organic traffic, per se. I do have a content publishing strategy that involves YouTube, a podcast, a blog, and I'm working on some testimonials to get those on my website. But everything is just really slow going. So I just need some gas in the tank. And it's tough because I'm already kind of mid-career. I'm a dad. I've got two young kids, another one on the way. Um, I've got a successful day job. It's just hard to find what I need to do next, essentially. That's my problem. Well, definitely not an uncommon problem for sure. So I hope that this provides value to those who are listening as well. But I'd love to ask you a few questions. You know, you had said that, you know, you might need more gas in the tank, but you are a parent and you are also working this other job. I mean, it might not necessarily be you need more gas in the tank. It just might mean that we have to drive to the right destinations first instead of driving all the way around. And you had mentioned a podcast, a YouTube channel, and a blog. And to do all three of those things all at once, you're going to use a lot of gas and maybe not get necessarily where you want to go. So I want to learn more about, you know, your content strategy. And if you were to only pick one of those, which one would it be? And do you think would be most useful for your target audience? I would say that my favorite one, which happens to be the most successful so far, it's not a huge success, but it is getting some organic traffic is the podcast. I like producing it. It's easier than videos for me, but sort of my flow is everything all flows together. When I was producing YouTube videos, I'd make a YouTube video and then I'd turn it into a podcast by expounding on a two minute YouTube video. And then I would take the transcript and post it as a blog. So some of that stuff's set up and some of it's sort of automated, but it is work. I mean, it is 
a lot of work to do all of them for sure. It is. And, you know, it sounds great on paper, right? It just makes sense. I mean, from even from taking a video and ripping out the audio and putting it into a podcast and then taking that podcast transcript and turning it into a blog post. Yes, you have all those pieces, but at the same time, every little bit of energy matters at this point. And so if you were to sort of rearrange that energy and maybe say no to some things, but say yes to more things that are working, it sounds like putting a little bit more time and effort into the podcast would be the right way to go. And when I think about it as far as an introvert and how they potentially prefer to consume content and how they might imagine themselves being on a, a platform, a podcast sort of represents that quite well because you don't have to be on video and you can kind of listen without other people watching over you and like what video are you watching right now people can just have you in their earbud and i think that would definitely relate to a person who is sort of on their own and, and working and trying to do well with sales but don't necessarily want to announce that or show that off to the world so i am in the camp of what if you just went all in with podcasting and yeah the youtube videos they're there and there might be an opportunity to create some where it might make sense. And yes, you could potentially post on the blog too. But the truth is, if you put yourself into all those places, none of those places are having all of you. And so by going all in on podcasting, that can mean a number of things with that additional time, potentially in addition to creating episodes that relate to these specific problems and pains and struggles. I think that your story, I mean, even in just the first few minutes that we've been listening here, I've made a connection with you because of the story you've told. And you could bring that story into other people's podcasts as well. There are a lot of podcasts that are hosted by introverts, for sure. There's a lot of podcasts who host audiences that have loads of introverts that could benefit from your story. I would imagine that if there was a combination of you publishing your podcast and getting onto other podcasts and the call to action being not, oh, you can find me on YouTube or you can find me on my blog or you can find me on my podcast. It's like, just listen to my podcast. And it's clear, it's simple and all things pointed to there. I think you could really make a connection and bring some people your way that way. Okay, cool. How's that feel to you? Does that feel like weight lift off your shoulders or do you, are you feeling like what some people feel, which is like, oh, but I have the YouTube channel and it's kind of there. Like, I feel like I should be using it. Where are you at with that? I'm good with that, actually. YouTube... Yes, there are a lot of business-related channels on YouTube. I just don't, literally starting from nothing is what I'm doing right now. And so are people really looking for sales tips, like what I'm trying to offer on YouTube? I'm not quite sure. I think, like you said, that it lends itself more to the podcast format rather than a two-minute video from me versus like a two-minute video from Tony Robbins or somebody like that. I can counter that for you. People would much rather learn from you than Tony Robbins in, in many respects, right? I, I know I prefer to learn from people who are just like me, who are going through it with me kind of thing versus, you know, somebody who's a PhD level or huge influencer in that space. So, you know, I don't think that's a reason to, to back away from YouTube. And like I said, there could be an opportunity for you to every once in a while pop in a video if you have something to say and, and you just want to put it there for search engine purposes. But as far as a, I consistently show up here and this is where you need to come and listen to me so I can consistently help you and consistently provide value to you, I feel like the podcast would be the way to go. And if you can tell a great story, the podcast is definitely the platform to do it on. Sure. Okay. That's the first thing that came to mind. And that is nice because it sort of alleviates a lot of the additional work, the superfluous work that, yes, again, that you could do, but potentially shouldn't do. When it comes to being a guest on other podcasts, have you ever given that a thought or have you ever been a guest on another show besides this one today, obviously? Yes, I have. I've done once. And I also 
Podmatch. You ever heard of Podmatch? Mm, yeah. I've started to kind of dabble in that and I've got some a short list of some people I'm going to reach out to, I think, but but I do want to do that, plan to do that. Nice. How might you ensure that you do that? What would be a way for you to maybe schedule that out? And at what rate do you think would make sense for you? I would probably try to shoot for maybe once a week or once every other week to try to get out there. I'm not sure. Like, should I try to go for 10 to start or five to start? Or what, what do you think is reasonable? Yeah, it's a good question. You know, I think, again, it depends on the amount of time you have and what you're working with now. And it sounds like you already have some potential connections with others or at least some understanding of where else you might be able to put yourself out there. In general, I usually recommend try to get at least once a month. Like let's start simple. Let's start easy. Let's start with one a month for the next year. And let's see if we can make that happen. Obviously, if you can go, you know, if you could double that, like one every other week, then even better giving yourself a little bit of room to do research and find the right people and build a relationship. I think that's better because if you try to go weekly, oftentimes we get to the point where we're just sending, you know, spaghetti on the wall emails and hopefully some of them stick versus, okay, next month I want to attempt to try to get on, you know, I see these three different pockets. Let me build relationships with them this month and see what I can do to provide value to them and see if we can connect in some way. And then, you know, an ask doesn't even feel like an ask anymore. It's just a natural sort of conclusion to, you know, the value that's been exchanged. And uh, again, it's slow to start, but, you know, a more wise approach in my opinion. Sure. Okay. So there's that. Now tell me about the online course and how it relates to your podcast. How are you bringing that to light? How are you potentially mentioning it, if at all? Yeah, it's, it's the podcast is meant to be a lead magnet to get people into my funnel, more or less, uh, to funnel them towards the website and of course uh, to get involved in that way. I mention it a lot that that's why I do what I do. And the podcast is just uh, free for all anybody who's interested to get them uh, involved in my orbit. Nice. Okay. So I'm listening to your podcast, Mark, and you tell me something to do on that while I'm listening. What are you telling me to do exactly? Like what's the call to action? I guess I'm telling you to go, you know what, actually, Shoot, I'm not actually not very good at that. I have like what's called an introvert kickstart. Okay. And that's like that. how you get started. It's free. It's like a PLF launch. You get four different emails every day uh, with the video and some action items for you to do. And I haven't been doing a good job of promoting that on the podcast. I do tell people to go to the website. It sounds like a great solution. I mean, now that we're focusing more on the podcast, right? Now we know, okay, on the podcast, let's focus on let's getting those those listeners to go and, and do something, right? Did you say four emails a day or four or, or an email a day for four days? Email a day for four days, sorry. Okay, okay, okay. I was, like, <laughs> I was like, four emails a day? I don't know if people would want that. Unless it's really good and then uh, give me more. But that's something to practice, right? And you can, you can practice that on your own in whatever fashion you might like. And, you know, talk about it in different ways. I think the kit can be great. You can focus on specific parts of the kit. Like, hey, on day two, we talk about this. Let's, let's unpack that a little bit and talk about it. And let me tell you a story about that. And then at the end, okay, by the way, if you want to get this kit, go here. And the go here is really important, right? That very specific, clear call to action to go to a, uh, a website. And remember, people who are listening to podcasts are likely on the go in some way, right? And so a very easy URL is going to be preferable. I don't hear this too often, but sometimes I'll listen to a show and they're like, you know, go to thiswebsite.com slash this dash this dash this. I'm just like, just make it easy, right? And you could even 
for the kit. You could even buy another domain name that just redirects right to that kit if it's on your website, for example. I remember the first podcast I ever really got involved with was called Internet Business Mastery. And they had freeaudiogift.com. That was their way to collect listeners. Just free. I still remember that like 13 years later, freeaudiogift.com. And then it just redirected to a page with a very long URL on their website to go and get that free audio gift. In your case, it would be the kit. And, and then it's at that point that you have to pay attention to, okay, well, is the podcast bringing people over? And you can see the numbers. It's either working or it's not. Great. We can optimize that, right? If you have social channels, you know, you're mentioning that as well and, and linking to it at the same time. And then it's like, okay, well, there are a hundred visitors coming, you know, every week. And it seems we're only getting five emails every week. How might we double the conversions? What can we do? You know, so what, what's nice about the way that I teach business is like, let's just narrow the focus so that we can find where the root of the problems are, if you will, or what needs to be optimized. Because if you're getting low conversion rates, it's like, okay, well, let me focus on what makes a great landing page this week. And let me try to see if by the end of the week, I can make this landing page I have here for the kit really, really good. And then, you know, people come in and, and they get fed a series of emails I'm imagining from you. You get the four and then you get maybe some others after that promote the kit or your course, I mean, in which case, again, we're looking at numbers. Are people even opening these emails? If not, then doesn't matter what's inside. Let's focus on subject lines. What, what, would, what would be good subject lines to include now? So we get that open because that's the next step. That's sort of, that's the next blocker or the next stoppage point. And then you can just kind of keep doing that all along the way until you're getting sales coming in and then it's about, okay, well, let's scale it up. Let's go on two podcasts per month at this point. Let's go on, uh, you know, let's double the conversion rates there. Let's add a new lead magnet to attract the people who weren't interested in that kit. And you can kind of just take that sequential approach as you go. And it's going to, you know, be slower starts, but it's something that when you get it right, you could scale it up much faster. I hope that's making sense and not too overwhelming. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'll follow you, follow you. Good. Where else might you need some help or what is maybe a struggle or something that you just need some uh, advice on? So this is something that's been lingering with me. So when I look at specific sales trainings for different industries, for example, not just salesguy.com, you want to be a pro sales guy, like you want to be an accountant and know how to do sales or something like that. When I go to their websites, there's all kinds of different agencies out there, but nobody's really offering what I'm offering. So I'm wondering, like, what would your opinion be if I pitched my course to those companies to sell as like an affiliate type relationship while still doing all of my stuff and on my podcast and my organic generation, but also trying to partner with companies like that? I'll just leave it there. And what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this is a B2B relationship, right? Business to business relationship situation. Yeah. Um, I think it's a great idea. Um, it's one that's worth exploring, definitely. And, and the way that I would approach it would be to, instead of just going, hey, company, you don't know me, but here is a link to a course that I think would be helpful for you, in which case, you know, they don't have a relationship with you yet. They, it, you know, your course could be anything. How is it attractive to them at that point? Versus you might be able to offer a one hour workshop for all of their employees. And anybody who is an, an introvert inside of that company can show up for that hour, similar to like a lunch and learn, right? Have you been a part of those where, you know, you get treated for a lunch, but, you know, the person's teaching and then at the end mentions something that they have to offer. Um, if, I, if I was in that position, I would try to set up a lunch and learn. I would, in fact, call it that actually. A lunch and learn sales for introverts by Mark. 
And then if nobody shows up, then okay, well, now we know that people aren't interested in this. They're, they're, not, they're not even interested in it for free. So what would get them to pay for it? But at the same time, when people do show up, that shows something to the company. Like, wow, okay, we got a lot more introverts than we thought. This could be actually really helpful for us if we can nail down how to make sales improve for these people specifically. How are we going to do that? Well, why don't we just bring Mark in who helped during that hour and everybody's been talking about it and let's partner with him on his course. And then what you can do from that point is have those conversations and then strike a deal. And the deal could be different than an affiliate relationship. I mean, it could be that, but in all likelihood, it would be the company that would purchase, not the individual people that would purchase, right? For that kind of situation. So in that regard, you can offer a sort of like a licensing price or a licensing deal where it's like, if they have employees between the numbers of, you know, two and 20, well, then anybody who is an employee in your company can get access to the course. Here is your course universal username or what have you, or we'll sign everybody up individually, however you want to manage that administratively. But that'll cost, you know, 20 times the price of your course. And these companies have budgets for this stuff. In fact, they often need to use the money in their budgets or, or else it goes away sometimes for continued education. So That's what I'm talking about, you know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> this could be a really cool angle. And if you do this for one company to start with, just focus on one and see if you can get that lunch and learn first. And if you can get them clear results, I mean, I would just use those results and sell it into the next company. Hey, we helped X company in this industry. You're likely leaving. Then your job is to just sell them on that and use all the tactics you know as an introverted salesman to do that. Oh, you're probably leaving millions of dollars on the table by having your more introverted salespeople here not do what they should be doing when making sales and pitches for your product. So I'd love to help you out. We've already worked with this other company we offer a license deal for any number of people in your company to come in. And you could offer whether it's access to the course for a certain price. If you had the time, I would say, you know, hey, I'd love to do a, a six-week program once a week. I'll come in same time during lunch once a week for $40,000, just like some exorbitant amount of money. And they might say yes, actually, right? They might say yes. Or at least it says, well, you know, that's a little above our budget, but we would love to get access to your course, which seems super valuable now, especially at this really, what seems like it's a steep discount because your consultation price anchors the value in your online course, right? Hey, you could hire me for this much or you can still get the same info. I just won't be there to help you along the way for this much. And so you could actually charge a lot more for that in, in that regard. So there's a lot of ways to paint this canvas, I think, Mark. It's really exciting. Yeah, yeah, cool. So... B2B is what I wanted to do originally. I'm not looking to be the next, you know, Tony Robbins out there to lead a lot of B2C type transactions into my website. I'd rather do it B2B exactly for those reasons, like you just said, to where you can get more of a, a bulk audience and those kind of case studies and testimonials to, to really propel you. And then what I, what I meant by affiliate was like, if I went to some random well, not random, but a, uh, if I found a targeted another sales academy, like salesacademy.com or whatever, I don't know if that's even a website or not. Sure. Another course or something, right? Yes. That, that has their own curriculum. Gotcha. And then I affiliated with them if they were interested, because I already have one outfit that's interested in doing that. I don't know really how to navigate that relationship. Like, what do you expect as far as like percentage split? Do they just send them to my website or do I give them my material and put it on theirs? Like I'm, 
I'm just not sure. What do you think? Yeah, there's multiple ways to do it. You can do it in either of those ways. The easiest would be to give them an affiliate link for your course. You come up with some deal 50-50 or 30-70, however you want to do it. It really varies, right? And you have to consider, okay, if this is 50-50, how much does the partner get? Are they going to be incentivized to promote it at that sort of payout or not? So there's there's a lot of those questions that you can think about on your own, but giving them an affiliate link and just say, hey, insert this into your funnels and insert this into your emails. Or you know, if you want to do a promotion together and use your link, I can show up and do a training for your audience, but then they can use your link to go through. Or it could just be literally a link on their website that gets added, right? However much incentivized they are to push it out for you. And then what happens is people click on that link and they're essentially your customer at that point and you just pay out commissions after a certain period of time to the partner. Um, That's the easiest way to do it. And that's more traditional affiliate marketing, right? But I have seen more partnerships where essentially they're selling into their course and they want to insert your course as an additional lesson or a bonus or something. And again, the deal terms are often very different between everybody. Uh, It could be for a a large flat fee if they know this is going to provide a lot of value and, you know, just might be a a one-year or two-year contract to have all this stuff in there for how long uh, for a set price and that's it. Or it could be a thing where it gets really granular and, you know, hey, we'll pay you out for every every time somebody completes your specific module. That's how we know that people are using it and we'll pay you out for that. I mean, that's too far in my opinion, but that is something that I've seen as well. In in most cases, it's going to be something where if indeed it is a large section of the course, they will pay you a share of the price for having your content inside of their course. It's just, you got to make sure that you have things written down, contracts and whatnot to make sure like, well, what if they don't want your course in there anymore? What if you want to take your course out? Are you allowed to do that? When are the payouts going to be? You know, all that stuff. What if what if a person refunds who, like, how does that work? So it can provide a lot of potential, but it's also a lot of headache as well versus the affiliate stuff, which is a lot easier. So um, maybe it's the affiliate situation to start based on that. I would love to handle all the business myself, but I know that that's, you know, with, with other people that have their own traffic and their own platforms, to me, it seems like a great place to start. I mean, just to get some revenue rolling. I was just curious, like about the affiliate percentage split, because somebody told me that 50-50 was extremely generous to use somebody else's customers and traffic. Um, I, d- I didn't know what your opinion was of that. Like is 50-50, like the best deal in the world. I mean, that's typical. I mean, I, I have seen 75% commission. I've seen even 100% commission. And it's like, why would a person give 100% of their commissions or 100% of the price point to their affiliate? It's because, well, they sell them a $2,000 back-end product later that they know they're going get, to get more money from, right? So again, there's a lot of uh, what-ifs and, and variables, but 50-50 is in the entrepreneurial space pretty normal. In other niches, that is quite generous for sure. And I would say that anywhere between 15 and 30% is going to be more usual for maybe more finance-based industries uh, and, and other niches as well. But, you know, again, consider maybe not necessarily the percentage, but also, well, what's the exact dollar amount that a person might receive for every person? And, you know, you can have 50% of a $10 product and $5 is not going to be very attractive, right? Um, I imagine your course is more than $10, but just something to think about. And then the idea of like B2B being like really what you want to do, what if you took the Gary Vaynerchuk approach and the Gary Vaynerchuk approach is free content on these platforms for everybody, right? And you become known as that person. And I, and I love the name, very catchy, very relatable to obviously introverts. 
And then it's that authority that you build, that trust that you build in the space that gives you the clout to go to businesses like Gary does. He hires Pepsi, he hires Home Depot, he hires, you know, Planters Peanuts because he just is well known to the public about those kinds of things. So you can take that approach too and, and all of your business could be B2B in a way. Just a lot to think about, Mark, but a really, really great niche, honestly. And I think you have a lot of opportunity there uh, for sure. I just lean into those things that are working and you know, I know you're busy with other things as well. So the things you are working on, hopefully they're the ones that are gonna move the needle. And that's that's kind of what was the goal of the call today. So. Yes, sir. Awesome. All right. Well, Mark, thank you so much. One more time, where can people go to find and of course, listen to your podcast? Yeah, you can reach the podcast at my main website at salesforintroverts.com. Awesome. Thank you, Mark. Appreciate you. Thank you, Pat. All right. I hope you enjoyed that coaching call with Mark. Again, you can find him at salesforintroverts.com and a very important conversation. I hope you got some gold out of it for you and your personal journey through entrepreneurship, which again, can be very difficult, especially if you are afraid to step out of that comfort zone. And it's not to say that if you are an introvert, you are in fact, you know, at a disadvantage. I think that there are many things that an introvert actually has to their advantage when it comes to sales and marketing. And it's just a matter of using those things properly. And again, Mark can help you with that. And I'm so excited to see what happens next. Hopefully we can catch up with him again in the future in a Where They Now episode to see how he uses this information and where he goes from here. I'm so excited about that. Anyway, Mark, thank you so much. Great job. And thank you again for opening up for us today. And thank you for listening all the way through. I appreciate you. We got a lot of episodes coming your way, so make sure you don't miss them you got to hit that subscribe button. And again, thank you, like I said last week, to everybody who's left a review and, and continues to support this podcast. It's just been so much fun to do and I cannot wait for the future and all the things that are coming for it and for you. So thank you again. I appreciate you and I'll look forward to serving you next week. Peace out. And as always, Team Flynn for the win. Thanks for listening to Ask Pat at askpat.com. I'm your host, Pat Flynn. Our senior producer is Sarah Jane Hess. Our series producer is David Grabowski, and our executive producer is Matt Gartland. Sound editing by Duncan Brown. Ask Pat is a production of SPI Media. We'll catch you in the next session. Hey there, thank you for listening to Ask Pat 2.0. Now you might've noticed that we haven't published a new episode in a while. And that is because in 2023, after 1,269 episodes, we decided to sunset the show, for now at least. And this way we can focus our energy and efforts on our other podcasts and other projects. That being said, all 1,269 episodes are still live and downloadable, and the published dates may be old, but there are still a ton of questions I've answered on the show and people I've coached. Those episodes are just as valuable as they were back then. So you can also visit smartpassiveincome.com slash askpat to dig through the archives. Plus, there's a search tool on the website that lets you search across our podcasts and blog. And of course, the Smart Passive Income podcast is still live and energetic and awesome and publishing twice a week. So make sure you're subscribed there so we can still continue this conversation. And we have some of the foremost experts and thought leaders in entrepreneurship on the show every single week. So you definitely don't want to miss it. Again, check it out. It's the Smart Passive Income podcast. Just find it wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can find it there as well. Thank you again for listening in and I'll catch you in the next one. Cheers.